Hi, everybody. Stefan Molyneux from Freedom Man. Hope you're doing well. So I'm speaking to Jack, who left a message on YouTube about the recent, very recent shooting at uh, the STEM School Highlands Ranch in Colorado. One student dead, eight others injured. And I was kind of struck, Jack, by what you said about the school and the families and the neighborhood. I wonder if you could help people get a sense of where the school is and what the people are like. Yeah. So um, Highland Ranch is basically your typical American suburban town. It's about 80,000 people. Uh, you know, it's a red district. Uh, STEM, the STEM Academy there is uh, uh, a special, a specialized school for mathematics, science, and um, robotics. And I actually grew up five minutes away from the high school. I graduated two years ago from uh, Thunder Ridge High School, if anybody's familiar with the area, which is just a mile down the road from uh, where the shooting took place. And I still have a little brother who goes uh, to Thunder Ridge High School. And, uh, you know, his school was on lockdown the entire day that that happened. And um, it's it's really sort of, uh, it's really crazy because Highland Ranch is about the safest town in, in America, honestly. I mean, the crime rate's got to be close to zero it's very it's a very typical just standard suburban american town and yet uh, like i said it's it, you know people are familiar it's it's only 10 miles it's not even 10 miles from columbine or from it's really close to aurora and uh, arapaho so there's been you know four major shootings um in really close proximity to this uh to our to my town and um yeah it's just it's really crazy and uh, it's really I don't understand why, uh, and I couldn't honestly can't tell tell you why I think that that uh, why why it's happened this way. I mean that really is an astonishing cluster. What are the families like? What because people have this kind of view of small towns like Maybury, you know, like Leave It to Beaver, mm -hmm. and I mean there are those small towns around, but a lot of the small towns that I've been to when I was sort of working up north were not that way. They were kind of end-of-the-universe places where people kind of didn't have anywhere else to go. There was not a lot of optimism. There was not a lot of uh, sense of a positive future and any of these kinds of things. Where would where would the town fall along those kinds of spectrums? Well, I mean, honestly, almost the complete opposite. You know, it's like I said, it's a, a wealthy, affluent area. There's a lot of people who are doctors, lawyers. It's a wealthy area. It's in Douglas County, which I think is one of the wealthiest counties in America, actually. So there, there is no shortage of optimism um, from what I've seen. And for myself, certainly, I, I never felt a sense of, uh, you know, any lack of, op any lack of op optimism in the way that I was brought up. And I think it's, it is, again, it's, it's concerning because the, the outcomes, you know, these shootings do not make a lot of sense when you step back and sort of, uh, you know, realize where they're coming from in these, you know, this, this is a very affluent community. Um, and it, it's a, like I said, the crime rate is nearly zero. I mean, it's, 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 it's just shocking. Is there drug issues? Cause the other thing I've seen is that in more of some of the more wealthy private schools, drugs can certainly be an issue. Um, no, honest, not really. I mean, there is, I mean, it is Colorado. So you know, uh, there's obviously there's probably higher marijuana use. I would imagine among uh, teenagers. I know a lot of my friends are into that, but um, no, I wouldn't. No, I would not say that it's not like the Rust Belt where you see people, um, you know, 
dying of heroin overdoses. It's it's nothing like that. It's it's really sort of shocking and and I mean honestly because uh, you know I actually my my one of my best friends actually lived right next to the uh, the shooter, and um, you know the shooter lived you know less than a mile away from the high school that I went to. And like I said, you know, my, one of my best friends lived in his neighborhood and, you know, he said that, uh, the parents were really normal. They were, they seemed like they were caring. Uh, but he also said though, that the kid was, you know, a little strange and was, you know, easy to anger. And that's what he told me. And I mean, like I said, he grew up right next to this kid, you know, for 18 years. Did you say easy to anger? Yeah. He said easy to anger. I can, I mean, he sent me a text and he said, you know, he he was talking to one of his neighbors and they honestly weren't shocked they said when they found out it was him you know he just said he was uh he was a little weird and uh he was he said he was easy to anger and i didn't really uh you know go into more of the detailed aspects of that because uh i just you know i was kind of busy or whatever i'm in college so i'm i'm kind of busy but uh yeah that's what that's what he said and i what the thing that stood out to me about that was they said you know, they were talking to a neighbor and they both came to, you know, the consensus that they weren't shocked that this happened. And so that's, I mean, maybe you could uh, expand a little bit on this, but that's kind of concerning to me that if we have these sort of alienated, you know, teens who we think might be violent or could potentially be violent and we don't do anything about it and then they do something like this and we're just like, oh, I'm not surprised. Like, I don't know. That just seems to me like a, like a, a horrible way to go about this. Well, it's the old 2020, right? I mean, hindsight, that yeah. there's lots of people out there who are odd and, and prone to be hot-tempered and so on, but, of course, the vast majority of them don't go shoot up a school, right? And yeah. you have, you know, you can't sort of have the, the oddball thought crime scenario where it's like, you seem out of place, let's do <laughs> something to you. That's true. And that's the big challenge, but I'm really struck by this cluster of yeah. four shootings in a relatively tight area in Colorado. Now, of course, we're talking Columbine, which is decades ago now, I guess. Mm-hmm. But that is a that's a hell of a cluster. And do you know, are there any theories floating around in the community? Or, I mean, this must be a big topic of conversation these days. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, I'm a... I'm 20 years old, so my, you know, so everything on social media, on Facebook, from Twitter to Instagram is all about this, and everyone is talking about it. And, you know, growing up in uh, Colorado, because we were so close in proximity to uh, to Columbine, you know, we were, you know, we talked about it from the time when we were really young. And it was, it was sort of uh, like it was well known, even when I was like eight years old, about what happened there. And I don't know if that sort of maybe because it's such it's almost like a, a myth or a legend at this point, And it's such a big event that if that like putting a much emphasis on it if that is what triggers these um, events, but uh, I'm not, I, I couldn't tell you. Uh, it is, it is strange. Uh, but yeah, I mean the proximity that, I mean, maybe it has to do with, you know, there's, there is, we do, this is an affluent area and there are maybe perhaps really high expectations, uh, ex- expectations for children to do well. And if they start falling behind or they're depressed or whatever, and, their grades start slipping or they don't see themselves becoming successful or living up to expectations, maybe that's a, a reason why these people lash out. Although, well, by, by, that, uh, by that calculation, the East Asians who have ridiculously high standards or so some of the yeah. Indian community or and, and like they should be the ones uh, doing that, but it doesn't seem to be quite as common, I guess, 
absent Virginia Tech and so on. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. Is there an issue? Now, it's a big open-ended question, but in general, is there an issue with bullying in the schools? No. Uh, so I, uh, yeah, I went to Thunderidge, uh, which is very similar in culture, I'd imagine, um, to these schools. And there was almost no, there was no bullying. I mean, we're like a, a very, like I said, a suburban, very, you know, low crime area. And, you know, bullying was, I remember as a kid, you know, bullying was a big, big, big deal. They made sure that no one was bullying. And I never saw bullying happen when I was in high school. And I, for, for my four years, I saw one fight and it was the last week of high school, my senior year. Um, so there's, there's not a lot of bullying in this community. I don't think, and I mean, like, Again, even if there were a lot of uh, there, there was a lot of bullying. I mean, there's plenty of kids who have been bullied. I mean, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of kids who are bullied don't go and shoot up a school. So I, I really don't think that was it at all. And the kids' relationship to fame these days, because there is always, of course, that suspicion that there's this dark fame that comes out of these kinds of appalling events. Mm-hmm. And kids who want to make a mark or kids who want to be talked about or kids who want to be famous, I guess, by any means necessary. Um, I remember reading a study some years ago about British kids. And the number one thing they wanted to be was famous, like kind of an unspecified kind of fame. Do you know if this thirst for notoriety with this sort of, because it was kind of impossible when I was a kid, like to be famous. But now, of course, there's lots of YouTube stars and so on who are pretty young. Is there much of a thirst for fame? Is that a way of making your mark? Or do you think that could be any kind of motivating factor? Yeah, I think that that, if anything, if there's a unifying, uh, I'd say, linkage between these uh, massacres, it would be, you know, SSRIs and that media aspect. Because, you know, if you see Columbine, Columbine is, you know, there, of course, there were other shootings before Columbine, but Columbine is what, in my mind, really kicked off the modern school shooting and the modern, uh, you know, just shooting in general, where it was incredibly publicized. Um, they, 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 you know, these kids, it hadn't even, the bodies weren't even cold and they're shoving cameras in these kids' faces. And, um, you know, that actually reminds me, uh, a couple of the, uh, or not a couple, but a large majority of, uh, there was a visual the other night, a large majority of these STEM students at the visual walked out because, you know, this visual, which was meant to remember, you know, the life of the the young man who, who is a hero, by the way, uh, the man who Kendrick Castillo, who tackled the shooter and Joshua Jones and uh, Brandon uh, Biley. These are, you know, the three men who are three kids who tackled the shooter. And um, instead of remembering them, well, one of them died. Uh, two of them, I think, are still in critical condition. And instead of you know, praying for them or supporting them, the the media and apparently the adults who are staging this uh, or holding this vigil, they uh, they turn it into this big deal about gun control and and you know repealing the Second Amendment and adding uh, measures. And the the students, to their credit, said we're not going to stand for this, and they were pissed off and they left. And I think that that is that speaks volumes to how these tragedies are sort of. First, publicized uh, majorly by the media. They're, I mean, like CNN and MSNBC and Fox News. They all, they, I think, they all profit uh, majorly off of these tragedies by, you know, ran, running constant coverage of them. You know, turning the shooters into antiheroes, and you know, really making a big media stunt out of these things. And a second thing too, how then politicians like Elon Omar, uh, she tweeted about it, and and so did David Hogg. And I can guarantee you. You know, Elon Omar and David Hogg have no idea of the community uh, that I'm from. They've, they've never been there. I, I can almost guarantee that. And 
they don't speak for me. And I know for a fact, they don't speak for the 90, I would say 90% of the people that I know in my community. And I, I live there my entire life. And so it just Seeing that is one aspect that really frustrates me about these events, especially when it's close to home like this, is that, you know, I have a brother who, you know, had to spend the entire day at, at school locked out in a lock-in because of this. And then, you know, knowing that what he believes and what I believe, and then, you know, somebody like Elon Omar comes in and pontificates and, you know, tries to go for the low-hanging fruit that this is, this is about guns or something. I just, I can't stand that. And that's, that's really where, where I say that my opinion on that would be. I mean, there is this temptation that a lot of people have to take this and try and jam it into a political narrative. And look, I mean, there, there are important lessons to be learned from this, but jamming it into a political narrative when the body is still cooling is pretty reprehensible. Yeah, I mean, I just, and like that, I mean, it really did make me pretty angry when I, uh, when I saw that tweet and I saw David Hogg too. I can't remember what he said. I mean, but that I was, you know, it took, and this event, you know, Tuesday, it was two days ago, you know, it really took the wind out of, out of my sails. I was pretty upset about it. Um, I was pretty down. And then, you know, just to see these people uh, sort of, you know, using my, my community and its tragedy to sort of catapult um, their political agenda, you know, is, I, it really does piss me off, to be quite frank. Yeah. And of course, I think that's one of the reasons why this coverage is so strong that because they want to get rid of the Second Amendment, the left wants to get rid of the Second Amendment in the U.S., just as they wanted to get rid of it in Venezuela. We see how that turned out. Because they want, they, they want to publicize all these shootings because it helps them, I guess, make the case for getting rid of the Second Amendment, although guns are usually obtained illegally, even by these uh, alleged uh, this alleged shooter. And so... What is it, uh, you know, what's the point? The point is to try and get rid of the Second Amendment. And to do that, they'll focus on these shootings, which gives the fame yeah. to the uh, alleged shooter. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and like you said, to your point, uh, you know, I know the kid uh, used two handguns. and He's 18. He's not 21. So there's no way he could have legally attained those, obtained those weapons. And so I see a lot of uh, people my age who are from my community, you know, a lot of my my friends and, and people I went to high school with who are, you know, sort of towards the left, left side of the spectrum. Uh, I remember they were all reposting this, uh, this thing from the women's March page that said, uh, you know, it had pray for Highland Ranch or pray for STEM. And then it crossed out pray and uh, put, you know, policy change. But the, the, the fact of the matter is there already is a policy that there already would have been a policy or there is a policy on the books that says, you know, 18 year olds can't buy handguns because, you know, like most people, I'm sure most of your listeners and, and you, you know, know the majority of gun crime is uh, perpetrated by handguns, not by assault rifles. Right. So what would you like to say to the media and to those who are politicizing this? Um, well, I would just say that I don't appreciate the, uh, well, first off, I don't appreciate them sort of going for the low hanging fruit. Um, as they always do, blaming guns, blaming the Second Amendment. And uh, this is kind of coming at a time, you know, uh, ironic, or not ironically, but maybe uh, prudently. This is coming at a time where Colorado just passed the red flag law. And so, you know, the danger, I think, of conflating, uh, if anybody doesn't know what the, the red flag law is, it's basically where if, you know, if they get if one of your neighbors thinks you're crazy or you has a vendetta against you, they can go to a judge and uh, the judge can, you know, legally sign up a, you know, 
write up a warrant and they can go in and seize your guns until you take a, a, a psychiatric test to prove you're not insane with no probable cause, no evidence whatsoever. And so this is coming at a time, I think, where and this is just they're being this is being implemented now and uh, actually in Highland Ranch and in uh, other parts of Denver. So, yeah, I think it it's definitely at a, t- at a crucial time now. Um, and uh, when it comes to defending the Second Amendment and all these rights and you and I would just, you know, I it really I think this is really where you see what these people are after when they go and they conflate, uh, you know, a person who's clearly had issues, was clearly uh, evil, committed a horrible atrocity, and then they're going to conflate that with the, uh, you know, law-abiding citizen who just wants to protect their family um, and has, you know, and, and, and is a proud American who likes to partake in the uh, Second Amendment. Well, I think it's going to be pretty tough for them to try and overturn that, although I'm sure that is the eventual goal. Well, listen, I really, really appreciate getting the view from somebody from the community that's really, really helpful. And, you know, if you do talk to people, as I'm sure you will, please extend, you know, my sympathies and I'm sure the sympathies of many others. Uh, it is not the actions of crazy people that should do define the rights of sane people. But of course, that's the mm-hmm. goal. But I really, really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you.